So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. Switch. Like witch, but with an S. It is like a word, a word that is switching. Switching things. Making a switch, changing something, changing how you see the world, changing how you behave. Well, I don't fucking know what I'm talking about, but we're gonna talk about Switch by Dan and Chip Heath today. So yeah, there's gonna be more after the intro as quite always. And without further ado, there's a few things that you should be checking out in the description. I do not want to repeat it, actually. And also, if you're on the podcast, because there is actually a podcast, so please check the podcast out if you want to. But also, please check out the YouTube video if you want to. So if you do want to see me, like, it depends on what you're preferring. It depends on what you like to have and all sorts of things. So please check out the description. It is something insanely amazing. It is something that's uh, that's going to pay off. I fucking promise. But yeah. Um, let's actually head right into it, because I do not want to waste your time. I do want to just get, just, I do not want to make it quickly, though. I do just want to talk about what I should be talking about, I guess. So we have stopped there, I guess. And almost all successful change efforts, the sequence of change is not analyze, think, change, but rather see, feel, and then change. Well, yeah, because we're so fucking irrational, and we're not really rational people, there's a lot of emotions, and... Um, well, there's actually a lot of emotions involved. That That's quite it. Like, most often our emotions are just doing whatever, and this is then what we do. Well, yeah. Positive illusion. Our brains are positive illusion factories. Only 2% of high school seniors, I think we have already went through that. Or I've just, well, anyway, it's, it's not that much. So, positive illusion. Our brains are positive illusion factories, only 2% of high school seniors believe their leadership skills are below average. And a full 25% of people believe they are in the top 1% in their ability to get along with others. Which um, which is quite... I, I do not really get what they want to say, what the correlation there is. I'm not seeing any correlation. You know, and maybe this is what they want to say. Like, there is no fucking correlation between uh, being a leader and being able to get along with people and whatnot. So So I don't know. Positive emotions are designed to broaden and build our repertoire of thoughts and actions. Joy, for example, makes us want to play. Play does not have a script, it broadens the kinds of things we consider doing. We become willing to fool around, to explore or invent new activities. And because joy encourages us to play, we are building resources and also skills. And yeah, I do believe that play, in general, so playing games and playing, not just chess or whatnot, so board games, but also play games like, okay, um, I'm gonna tap you and then I'm gonna run away because it is on you and you just have to tap me, then it is again on me. There is probably like uh, just a phrase for that, but I don't know it. So you know what I mean. You know, you probably know what I mean. So there is a lot of games that we have been playing and that we have played for just, first of all, years and years and years and fucking years. And also when we're just born, we just like to play games. It is one of the things that we're doing. We are playing things. It is what is just joyful to us. It is what just makes quote-unquote sense to us, maybe, when we're really young. So, uh, yeah, we're playing a lot of games. The positive emotion of interest broadens what we want to investigate. 
When we are interested, we want to get involved to learn new things, to tackle new experiences, we become more open to new ideas. The positive emotion of pride experienced when we, when we achieve a personal goal broadens the kinds of tasks we contemplate for the future, encouraging us to pursue even bigger goals. Robin Waters of Target, a master of positive emotions. She didn't try to create a burning platform. Walmart is eating our lunch. No, Target is on its deathbed. Come with me into the fiery size or fiery seas. Instead, she found a way to engage the fresh thinking and enthusiasm of her colleagues. And the last one that I've highlighted, but I'm going to highlight as I'm going through it, people find it more motiv motivating to be partly finished with a longer journey than to be the starting gate of a shorter one, which is something that I think is kind of the truth, even though, um, just also because I know that I've already went through that one, like, um, I wouldn't necessarily say so. You know, I wouldn't necessarily say so, because, I mean, if you're at the very beginning of, I mean, like, it is a long journey, and you're in the middle of the long journey, probably, and you've partly finished it, which means, Maybe it is 10 tasks and you have just achieved one of them or you've completed one of them, then it is going to be just quite as starting. So in the end, it is like, it is like not that, that, that of a difference, I would say. You know, it's not that much of a difference. At least as I'm thinking about it and as I'm just feeling it, it might be just kind of different for you. So yeah, let's move actually on. One way to motivate action then is to make people feel as though they are already closer to the finish line than they might have thought. Which is I think definitely the case because I don't know if you know that but if I'm very close to something I'm gonna fucking push myself and we are gonna fucking do that fucking thing. It is just a matter of enduring things you know especially when we are for example thinking and are talking about just taking cold showers. Um a minute, you know, let's just take a minute. The first 30 seconds, they're gonna be fucking shit. And then it's gonna get better, and then it's gonna get worse again. You know, it, or it's gonna get worse again. But if you truly see that you're just only having 10 seconds left on the clock, you're gonna endure that. No matter how fucking painful it is, no matter how fucking, just how much pain you're feeling, you're gonna fucking do that. I don't know if it is the case for me only. I do not necessarily think so, or if it is only the case for people that have a lot of quote-unquote willpower, which I, I, I do not want to say like I'm having such a lot of willpower, I'm such a god at that. Um, I do have some willpower, I gotta just actually have to take that and just say that because it is the case. But but yeah, you know what I mean, you know what I mean. So yeah, I'm actually letting people feel like they are very close to the finish line just actually makes sense. The question now is, how are you going to do that? You know, and also, how are you going to do that without fooling with people or fooling people and without like just telling them, well, actually not the truth. So basically lying to them. But I, but I think for me, it is not lying if you're just trying to help them, even though it is like, okay, you could also be like, well, I'm not going to tell my parents that I killed somebody because it's probably going to fuck with them. So it is, it is all about them. You know, it's not about like, um, you know, me just having fucked up or something. It is, it is. Just totally about them. You know, I don't want them to feel bad. Yeah, no, fuck that one. Uh, that sense of progress is critical because the elephant in us is easily demoralized. So to um, basically explain it once again, uh, like the whole elephant metaphor and also the rider metaphor. So it's a rider and there is the elephant. And the rider is certainly riding the elephant. And the rider is also somehow controlling the 
elephant, some sort of. Uh, the thing now is the elephant is pretty big and the rider is relatively small. Like, it is the case, you know, humans are not that big and or not as big as elephants are. So, elephants are the irrational side of our human life. And on the other hand, the rider is the just logical part, I'd say. Like, it is not about emotions in this side. It's not about, like, I don't know, some things, and maybe even instincts and and hormones and, and all those things that make us feel certain shit. But it is about analyzing, and it's about logical thinking. It is about just uh, rational shit, you know? The elephant is, is irrational, and the rider is rational. So, if we are having a look at this, the sense of progress is critical because the elephant in us is easily demoralized by emotional shit, you know? We're easily demoralized. The thing then there is, if you clearly see and if you make your elephant see that it is not going to be that long of a way until you're finished, then the elephant is not going to be demoralized. The elephant is going to be in a good mood. So, um, yeah, you know, it also just kind of illustrates that the rider is having some some power, actually. You know, it's, it's not only the case that the elephant is just way bigger and, and way stronger and the, it, it's, it's always going to be the case that the elephant is going to just show you the way, basically, or go the way the elephant wants to go. But there's also going to be like, well, if the rider says it, it's not that of a smart thing, then the elephant sometimes, at least, also listens to the rider. If you're leading a change effort, you better start looking for those things who stamp to put on your team's cards, rather than focusing solely on what is not... Uh, on what is new and different about the change to come, make an effort to remind people what's already been conquered, which is going to make them feel way, way, way fucking better. Because if they know, like, I have done this, I have done that, I've been able to do this, I've been able to do that, of course they're going to feel good. But if you're telling them, like, okay, you, we, we just need to do this and we need to do that, and, and of course there's just the other 100 things that we haven't done up to this point, they're going to be fucking demoralized. And I think it just makes sense. I think it is also just understandable. So um, tell them that they have already done quite a lot of things. It does make sense. And it is also going to motivate them and also show them what they're capable of doing. Because I would say that if you're in the progress of doing something and it's kind of a hard thing, it's really difficult, then I think um, just getting into a mood of like, well, am I really that good? I know. Am I really as good as I as I need to be to being able to do whatever I'm doing? But if you're just showing then people what they were capable of doing and what they already did, then they know again, well, I'm actually quite good. You know, I'm actually not such a bad dude and not such a bad girl. So I might also be able to do whatever the exercise is right now or the task is at this point in time. A business cliche commands us to raise the bar. But that's exactly the wrong instinct if you want to motivate a reluctant elephant. You need to lower the bar. Yeah, I'm actually not... Like, of course, if you just tell your elephant that, you know, we're gonna just have a 100-hour day today, which is not even possible, by the way, <laughs> if you didn't for any fucking reason uh, not know that, <laughs> but... <laughs> um, I mean, it also makes sense on the other hand. Like, if, of course, if you're just telling your elephant, well... You know, there's uh, a million things that we need to do. Guess what? The elephant's gonna be like, well, fuck you in the ass, and it's it's gonna go away. It's gonna do something different. It's gonna procrastinate. But if you say, if you're like, well, you know what? There's only ten things that we have to do, and the finish line is kind of close to us. You know, which is definitely not the case if you're having to do a million things. Then your elephants might be gonna be like, well, 
I know it is gonna be some work, but it is only 10 things, so let's do it, I guess. What good is a 5 minute session of cleaning? Not much. It gets you moving, though, and that's the hardest part. Starting an unpleasant task is always worse than continuing, so once you start cleaning the house, chances are you won't stop at 5 minutes. It is the case. So, telling yourself, you know, if you're just, you know, let's actually talk about working out there. If you're working out, like, maybe even every single day, or if you're trying to do it every single day, do one fucking push-up. Oh, let's actually, well, I think one push-up is a little bit too less, because, yeah. Um, let's talk about 10 push-ups. Do 10 push-ups, if you can. You know, of course, just the, the, the number is gonna vary between people and, and whatnot, but do 10 push-ups as your workout, which is actually, you say, like, this is my workout, maybe even seven, you know? so that they actually can go up quite a bit or can just uh, do more and more. Because if you start to do something, you might be like, well, I've already started. And really starting, this is also what James Clear said, is one of the uh, hardest things there. Because starting is kind of difficult, you know. But also, I would say maintaining your efforts and maintaining this habit is also quite a lot of work until or unless you've been able to automate everything. Because... I mean, like, I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, I'm doing the podcast, I'm doing the posts, I'm doing the blogging, I'm doing just multiple different posts, you know, because I can't post everything on the exact same platform, nor uh, do I want to just have all my eggs in one basket. On the other hand, I'm also having to do some shit for school, then there is clients, there's actually quite a lot of shit that I'm doing, and I'm capable of doing that because I think that most of the things that I'm doing at this point in time are just automated. I'm recording, yeah, I just do that, you know, and also kind of Automated in terms of I'm used to it. You know, I'm used to having this quote-unquote life. I'm used to just having my day structured in a way that it is structured. That I'm going to record right now. That I'm going to record afterwards again. That I'm going to do this. That I'm going to do that. And um, yeah, that's fine. Because I'm used to it. Because it is something that I've been doing for quite some time now. And I think this is a huge part. This really is. So get started by doing something that's quite easy. You know, but not too easy. A little bit challenging. And yeah, then see if you're just gonna stick to it, if you're able to do more. So yeah, because identity is essential to the way people make decisions, any change effort that violates someone's identity is likely doomed to failure. That's why it is so clumsy when people instinctively reach for incentives to change other people's behaviors. So the question is this, how can you make your change a matter of identity rather than a matter of consequences? I am a smoker. It is my identity. It's not like I'm someone who smokes, I'm a person that smokes, I am a smoker, which is clearly my identity, and of course, like, changing your identity is gonna be quite of a difficult thing, you know, if you do just really feel like that something is so close to you that it is already your identity, it's gonna be harder, and this is also something that James Clear already talked about before, so maybe they, I don't know which book was first, but maybe they both just have copied some shit and, and whatnot, could be, but it is something that's incredibly important. You know, I'm a fat person. You know, it, it, I don't know. I'm a person that is fat. I don't know if this would actually make it better. I would say so. Like, yeah, I'm a person that is fat. I'm a fat person. Yeah, I would say so. It kind of feels like more distant. Identity is going to play a role in nearly every change situation, even yours. When you think about the people whose behavior needs to change, ask yourself whether they would agree with this statement. I aspire to be the kind of person who would make this change? If the answer is yes, that's an enormous fact in your behavior. If this answer is no, then you have to work hard to show them that they should aspire 
to a different self-image. I aspire to be the kind of person who would make this change. I aspire to be the person that is doing sports. I aspire to be a sporty person. You know, it doesn't say that you are at this point in time. It is like you aspire. You want to be such a person. You know, you want to just have this identity. And I do once again have to plug in my PC. You know, I, I tend to forget about that. And it is actually not such a good thing because if it turns itself off, if it shuts down, I'm basically like fucked. I really am. I really am fucked then. Not a good thing. It's not a good doing. And um, anyway. The past few days I've actually always been kind of dizzy while I was recording and now I'm sadly having 15%. Well, um, it's not such a good thing if you clearly see when your, yeah, when your battery is kind of dying or some shit. But I mean, it's, it's, it's no wonder I'm using my PC like 16 fucking hours a fucking day, kinda. It depends on the day, but I'm, I'm using my PC quite a lot, you know. Three identity questions. Who am I? What kind of situation is this and what would someone like me do in this situation? What would a just sporty person would do in the... What would a healthy person do in the supermarket when he and or she is able to make a decision between the burger and or the white bread or uh, a little bit more vegetables and fruits? So what would the healthy person do? What would the person do that is caring about their health? I don't know. Probably take the fucking white... <laughs> Funny, I know, yeah. <laughs> the elephant really, really hates to fail. This presents a difficulty for you when you're trying to change or when you're trying to lead change. You know what you're... Uh, you know that you or your audience will fail and you know that the failure will trigger the flight instinct. How do you keep the elephant motivated when it faces a long, treacherous road? The answer may sound strange, you need to create the expectation of failure, not the failure of the mission itself, but failure and route, which means that you're failing on the route, that it is just about the process, the progress. This notion takes us into a fascinating area of research that is likely to change the way you view the world. And I'm uh, looking forward to that, but I think we're gonna go through that the next time, probably. Can I please thank you? So. Uh, because I do actually want to talk about that. The elephant really hates failure. So you should be expecting failure. Failure on the route. Failure in the process. Failure while you're doing something. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to fail everything. It doesn't necessarily have to say. And it does clearly actually not say that, that you are going to fail in the macro. But rather in the micro. It's not going to be the whole mission that is failing, but small parts of the mission, they are probably going to fail. But if you're thinking like um, losing weight, losing weight is a journey, losing weight is a process, losing weight is going to take some time, maybe years, maybe just decades. It depends on whatever you're doing. It depends on you, basically. But if you think about that, and if we think about that, there's going to be some failures, probably. You know, there's going to be one day you're sick and you cannot work out. You know, there's probably going to be one day that you're cheating because you feel like, well, I need that. These are small failures. It does not mean that your whole journey of I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to be in good shape is going to break down. It doesn't necessarily have to say that and it doesn't at all say that. Just because you failed in a micro, just because you failed in a very small aspect of whatever journey you are on, 
does not really mean that everything is lost, does not really mean that everything is fucked up, and it does just certainly not mean that you're not going to change and that you're not going to get to where you want to be in the future, because you're probably going to get there, probably. So, yeah, thank you. This is going to be the end of the episode, and I really am looking forward to the next one, because I'm quite interested in seeing what they're talking about, and we are... Um, having not that much to go actually so we might be able to finish that one up in two episodes one episode it, it, it totally depends I'd say at least so yeah um, I wish you the best health of happiness and all success and also hope that you're gonna remind yourself and you're gonna be remembered basically means your legacy which basically means just being a good person and being remembered as a good person which means like yeah legacy and it is amazing and it is important but yeah um, three other questions that I'm having for you are why are you here what are you trying to change and the last one is what is bothering you the most and these three questions they're hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea but yeah I'm going to see you the next time and yeah my voice is a little bit different here um, and again well anyway <laughs> thanks a lot I appreciate it and I'm hopefully going to see you the next time thank you